why I ran for city council was primarily because I saw a lot of issues that weren't really being addressed by the council, by the administration. And I wanted to kind of bring light to some of these issues that I see firsthand as like a renter, as a low income person, as a person of color, and really bring those in as a queer person as well and really bring those issues to light. Welcome to another episode of Bisexual Behavior. I'm your host, Talia Cass, and I'm excited to share that I actually got to switch roles. Uh, Instead of hosting a podcast, I was on one. I got to be on the Micropolitan Matchmakers, which is a local capital region podcast um, with Becky and Gabby, and we got to talk about my podcast. I basically dished about my whole dating life, my queer journey, and if you want to learn more about me, I recommend listening to that, and also just because it was really cool talking to them. Um, Their whole podcast is about dating in a small city, and that's something that I have certainly struggled with as a queer person. And um, it was just really nice to kind of talk more about myself and my experience and be on the other side of the microphone. Um, But one thing I definitely talk a lot about is queer representation in media. And I want to talk a little bit about a film director that I really admire. She is absolutely a bicon. Her name is Desiree Akavan. um, And she actually directed and starred in the show The Bisexual on Hulu and also the movie Appropriate Behavior. And I'm sharing this because this is like the first true bisexual representation I've seen in a television show and a movie. And um, it surrounds a story with a girl who's in a relationship with another woman um, and they break up and she gets curious about dating men and it was kind of the opposite side of me discovering my bisexuality but it was really cool to see that represented in a tv show and that being the full theme of it and i mentioned that on that episode of micropolitan matchmaker so i wanted to share it with you i did see that desiree is currently writing a book called the late bloomer so i'm really excited to see when that comes out and to see even what it's about One thing I'm very, very passionate about in my life is just supporting local politicians and people who who advocate for their communities. And that's why I was very excited to talk today to Kiani Conley Wilson, who is the city council representative in Troy. And I saw their campaign um, when they were first running, and I remembered, um, you know, thinking like, oh my gosh, this is another queer person who's my age. And I just thought that that was really inspiring, and I wanted to, you know, talk to them more. So I reached out, and I'm so grateful that Kiani joined us on the podcast today. And so um, I really hope you enjoy this conversation. We talk a lot about their journey, um, getting into politics, um, getting into their community, and being involved. So again, such a great, powerful conversation. I'm so excited to share it with you all. So without further ado, here's Kiani. Kiani, (laughs) thank you so much. Welcome to Bisexual Behavior. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. So um, I reached out to you because, um, as I was mentioning before, I'm very passionate about local politics. Um, I don't live in Troy. I do live in Schenectady. But something I've always kept my eye on are just local politicians, especially people who are from the community who are younger, especially people who are queer. So let's just start with some light introductions. You can follow my format for it. So my name is Talia. My pronouns are she, her. I am a bisexual queer person. Um, And what about you? Yeah, so my name is Kiani. I'm from, or I live in Troy, New York. I'm from the Boston area. And uh, my pronouns are they, them. And wait, like, I'm trying to remember if I missed something. I? I'm, 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 oh, I'm, I'm bisexual, pansexual, queer. All those are 
identities that I share. Oh, yes. I will take pansexual too. all of them. They all kind of apply, I guess, in some way. So <laughs> great. So my uh, question that I have to start with, I've got to know, uh, what is the queerest, most bisexual, most pansexual thing about you? <laughs> I would say the queerest thing about me is that I drive a pickup truck. <laughs> yes. Like, um, like, definitely like the farmer gay vibe. That's hundred percent me. <laughs> um, can we just first talk about being a farmer gay? Because when you said that you're into farming, I was like, that is the queerest thing I've ever heard. And I need to know more about it. So when did yeah, you start into farming? Yeah. I always envision like the, like, uh, like the lesbian, uh, Western mass like people. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that that's, that's my vibe. Um, but yeah, it was just something that I got into, uh, pretty late into college and really kind of, um, have um, really just had some really great experiences with other queer people, other folks of color, for sure. Um, I used to work for Soulfire Farm, which has a lot of queer people in the staff. So that was like really like a really beautiful kind of uh, aspect to my farming and my, uh, my farming history and all of that. Like that was um, really fun. Um, some of the uh, immersion programs, I got to meet with a lot of different queer folks, like kind of across the country, even in like um Canada as well so it's like oh, just really yeah. nice to kind of have that culture you know absolutely um so is that something that you still um partake in um what role does that play in your life now um so I'm not involved in soul fire anymore but I do uh still do a lot of community gardening and do talk to a lot of folks that I um, met through the immersion program or worked with um, while I was there so it's still like an element of my life but it's more focused locally in Troy um, and in the capital region now Cool. So, Kiani, what got you interested in um, in politics and specifically, you know, running for city council? Uh, tell me about that whole process. Yeah. I mean, so I have been a community organizer for like almost a decade now, started as like student activist and then kind of grew and developed as I graduated and, and was really involved in Troy DSA for a number of years. Um, also worked on some other smaller projects, like starting a social club um, for leftists. So like, it's always been like a passion of mine. And why I ran for city council was primarily because I saw a lot of issues that weren't really being addressed by the council, by the administration. And I wanted to kind of bring light to some of these issues that I see firsthand as like a renter, as a low income person, as a person of color, and really bring those in as a queer person as well, and really bring those issues to light. Um, and really bring attention to those issues and, and bring some more clarity and like trust and even like transparency, like just so folks know what's going on in the city for sure. Right. Do you find that a lot of people really don't know what's happening? Yeah, well, I think there's a little bit of like confusion as like the different roles that the different parts of the government play. Like, so like as a city councilor, you're a legislator. So you're like writing laws. You're not really you, you can get involved with some of the day-to-day -day things like advocating for your um, constituents and things like that. But primarily you're going to meetings, you're uh, going to events, you're writing laws and things like that. Um, and you're not really involved in the day-to-day. -day. Whereas the administration, they, they kind of oversee the whole system that's going on. And then there's like the judicial branch and like the judges and things like that who kind of deliberate some of the laws and things like that, you know? Oh, I see. So I actually just saw that you um, recently wrote um, a resolution um, yeah. about Troy um, acknowledging Pride Month. Can you tell me more about that? That's super exciting. Yeah, I, I was looking at some of the previous um, 
like resolutions around that. And I was like, I really want to write something about this. Um, and it was very like heartfelt, uh, especially because I had a trans friend um, from high school who passed away like very, I think it was the beginning of May. So it was very much like writing that resolution, having him in mind and really thinking about what would have been important for him to know. And then also in the previous legislations, just kind of seeing like, just like general, uh, like ambiguous kind of like, like professions that folks like have done who are queer. And I was like, no, like we have some really amazing queer leaders historically who have done like writing, who have been like, I mentioned Marsha P. P. Johnson because she was such an important figure in the Stonewall riots and even in the New York City community there. Um, and, and just really bringing attention to, no, we, we are, we're politicians, we're writers, we're activists, we're all these different things. And these things are so important to the community and bring more like understanding and, and makes the community more welcoming. So I really thought, no, I really want to do this justice and really like be intentional about this legislation. Absolutely. Do you have a, a vision for, for Troy in the future, like a goal in mind when you ran for city council? Yeah, I definitely was, um, you know, I really ran on the, the uh, platform of sustainability, accountability, and transparency. So um, sustainability, like, you know, that, that's kind of my whole background is like plants and like ensuring that we have like some form of like climate resiliency, have like our own food system, which is like growing, like there's Collard City mushrooms that just popped up a couple years ago. So they are providing a lot of mushrooms locally. There's a lot of people that are foraging now, uh, which is really great. And like some of those uh, foraged, uh, you know, bounties are being used in local restaurants like Nighthawks. Um, and there's so much more going on. So just like really see that there's like a really amazing opportunity to really make Troy like a environmental sustainable hub. Um, there was another legislation I think that was at that meeting as well uh, regarding geothermal. And so that's like a, um, you know, an exciting kind of addition to, or potential addition to the Troy um, ecosystem where instead of relying on national grid, grid to heat and cool our buildings, we're going to have municipal heating and cooling of buildings that is like sustainable. And we can actually ensure that that is, you know, really, um, it's not going to go all over the place in terms of like inflation and like costs and all that. Like we can really monitor that and control that. That's um, great. Yeah. And then, you know, accountability, just making sure that like the, like, you know, using the city council as a check and balance for the administration, other aspects of the council or aspects of the city as well. Um, and then transparency, just like a lot of folks like don't really know what's happening because a lot of the like, terminology and the phrasing and the wording of legislation is just like really confusing and it's not the way that we talk. Right. <laughs> never really talk that way, but like it's not the way that we talk. So um, we have a newsletter that my intern helps put together and it goes out every month. We kind of just do like a little key points of like things that I think are particularly interesting or like moving that happened at the council meetings and then just some updates about upcoming meetings, things that folks may not know about and that um, has been a really successful thing. Like a lot of folks will email us back and be like, oh my God, thank you. This is like so important and like so helpful for me understanding what's happening in the city. 
It's really cool that you mentioned that because I even find with AOC, for example, um, I feel like she's very active on social media, but specifically talking about what's happening in ways that other people can understand because I just find it so, um, I don't know, not approachable. You can't, it's, it's really hard to comprehend. Things are always changing. I feel like the, I don't know, when you're hearing about it from other politicians that you don't really see yourself in, it can be really challenging for just the average person. So it's that I think that's so important that you put a lot of effort into communicating with your community about that. So that's really cool. Yeah. yeah and you do like a lot of like in-person things like community meetings. I try and go mm -hmm. to like all of them that are in my district and just like really just engaging with folks, even if it's the same like 30 people most of the time, it's still important to like keep folks informed about what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find being queer has challenges, um, you know, when representing your city or do you find that that hasn't really affected anything? Definitely. I kind of, uh, so while I was campaigning, I was using like she, they pronouns and now I've kind of shifted to they, them pronouns and really I identify as non-binary. So that's definitely been a bit challenging, like just trying to get folks to switch into those uh, new pronouns. And, um, you know, I, I also feel like there's like an element of like queerness that isn't always, that isn't like, I, I'm the most queer. I'm the, I'm the if, if any of the other council members are queer, they're not out or anything like that. So um, that is like something that's a little bit different. So I kind of have a different perspective about like what inclusion really means and what, um, you know, how to make a space more welcoming to like everyone and not just um, cis people, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that's so cool. And um. So what, um, how do you find building queer community has worked in Troy? Do you find that there is a queer community? Do you think that there's opportunities for that to grow and have you worked toward that as, as well? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely have like my like queer group of friends and, and mm -hmm. a lot of like different, I, I have like a lot of different friends. Um, I like having like a lot of different social groups and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. definitely have like a group of friends that we're both like non, or, or we're all non-binary. Non and so we get to like bond over that and like mm -hmm. talk about our challenges and like kind of be there like as a support system for each other. And, you know, just different like orientations and all of that, like um, definitely uh, kind of, sheds light to like different problems or different like issues that are going on. Um, so I, and, and I've always kind of had that like varied kind of like, uh, even in high school, like I had like friends who were trans to asexual to pansexual, like all like the whole spectrum. Uh, I was really blessed to have like a lot of different friends with a lot of different like backgrounds and identities. Um, and then, you know, like uh, shops like Jacob and Alejandro, which is a gay owned coffee shop that I, I like die by. I, I love them so much. Wait, that's um, in Troy. Mm -hmm, that's in Troy. Cool. Okay, um, I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, they have like immaculate taste. I always feel like super welcome there. The baristas are always like, you know, saying hi, asking me what's going on, things like that. And then there's also Cafe Euphoria, which is a specific like trans and gender non-conforming um, safe space. Um, so it's really exciting to see all these like things really pop up and stuff like that. I would love to see yeah. like a gay bar or something pop up that we're not right 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 now we haven't gotten there so far but I think that would like you know really um help bring more of like the queer community together um and then there's other spaces that aren't like you know specifically queer but there's definitely like queer folks that like hang out there and like have a good time um I'm I really miss the poly parties that we used to have which were like very it was like a bunch of queer artists came together and like put together a party so like 
I would really love to like bring that back or bring like an aspect of that back. But um, yeah, there's definitely a community here. You know, it's not perfect or anything like that. Um, but I really do feel like at home with it, even even working through a lot of the, the like uh, issues that may arise, but it, it's been good for overall. Oh, I've been wanting to go to Cafe Euphoria so bad. I think they just opened up recently, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just really nice seeing queer owned businesses open up, especially trans owned businesses. And I feel like that inherently will grow more of a queer community, which is really nice. Schenectady doesn't really have anything like that. I, I recently learned there's a, a queer bar um, in somewhere in Schenectady on like Broadway somewhere, but I haven't been. So it's just like, there just needs to be more and more. And I don't want to just travel to Albany just to get there. And I know that even just around the world, have you heard of the Lesbian Bar Project? No, I haven't. <laughs> it's, um, this organization, they're trying to save the lesbian bars because there's mm-hmm. really not that many. I would have to look into the numbers of how many are left, but a lot of them closed down because of COVID. And uh, so, you know, it's just an association. They're working to, to help all these different um, bar and restaurant owners stay afloat, which is really nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I think someone was telling me that there used to be a lesbian bar in Troy. And I'm like, where did it go? I want it back. I um, would love a lesbian bar. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing maybe that's my next endeavor after I'm done with the city council let me know how I can support absolutely <laughs> slash get an invite to those parties you're talking about I know a lot of immaculate DJs that I think would would have a blast spinning absolutely over. yeah have um so you mentioned that you have a lot of queer friends and that growing up, you feel very lucky to have um, a lot mm-hmm. of different um, types of people that you were friends with. Does that mean that your career journey happened sooner or did you kind of come out later on? Yeah, I I feel like probably by like 12, I uh, knew that I wasn't straight, uh, but like wasn't really in like an environment where that was like really acceptable or like seen or like it was kind of like, it was like either you're gay or you're straight. And it's like, well, I don't really feel like either of those boxes really fit me. But by the time I like kind of was starting to end middle school and high school, I really uh, started connecting with a lot of friends who were actually outwardly queer and like, um, just like very like sure of themselves. Um, so I ended up joining the GSA as an ally originally. And then I was like, no, actually, this is not, <laughs> not allyship. This, this is, this is identity. That's how uh, it all starts. <laughs> exactly. So you always start in GSA as, as, as an ally. And then, um, yeah. And, and I think it also helped that like there was, uh, there was one teacher who was a lesbian and very openly a lesbian in my high school. I grew up in a really small town in Massachusetts that like we, there was a lot of like queer kids and stuff. And, and like some queer adults but like it still was like at times like kind of like taboo and stuff still but by the time I got to college I was like really like no like I'm bisexual like it's it's not all that but I feel like my gender exploration kind of happened after college um, probably started around like 2018 2019 and so I've really been able to kind of dive into that by, you know, observing some of my other friends, doing my own research, things like that, reading a lot of books, all that kind of stuff, for sure. Yeah. What kind of books did you read that helped you through your journey? Um, it, it sounds like a weird book that would help me through this, but uh, Feminism is for Everyone by uh, Bell Hooks. It really just kind of put into perspective, like what feminism really means to me and like what it can really encapsulate in you know, typically I feel like a lot of the feminist discussion is really revolved around women, 
but there were like conversations about domestic violence and how, uh, you know, the uh, toxic masculinity really does impact men in a super negative way and, and just kind of helped me like break down some of those like gender roles and expectations, you know? Right. What does it feel like now, now that you're fully accepting of your gender and, you know, using they, them pronouns? Yeah. I mean, I feel a lot more confident. I like get real excited when like people like use like gender non-conforming language like towards me and like use slay them and all that um and I feel really like lucky in like my other job to really have an, an environment where you know we're not all perfect but like we catch ourselves we check ourselves we like um we we just just make it like something that's like not a huge deal and just like kind of like oh yeah like I messed up I'm sorry like I'm, I'm working on it still so that's really great it feels a little like a bit liberating to me I guess because I don't feel like I need to like conform to like what like a woman is or like what a man is like it's just kind of like yeah like I'm kind of neither and that's okay yeah um, and really great to to kind of embrace that and I think the more people who openly talk about that and you know you know, be who they are, it makes them realize, oh, I can also not have to conform to, you know, being feminine or masculine, you can be who you are. And I think that's especially important with people who are local politicians or, you know, just work in their community to just be openly, you know, non-binary or queer. So it's so cool that you are open like that. So. Yeah. It's, uh, I sometimes like get like a bit of like imposter syndrome around it being like, oh yeah, I am like, just like this very openly queer, um, like, you know, non-binary person. And, um, I feel really lucky that like folks reach out and are like, oh my God, like you, you're just, you existing. It gives me so much more confidence about myself, you know? For sure. So what other kinds of projects are you working on, whether that's the city council or just on your own? Mm -hmm. So I have a community garden up on uh, 10th Street, which is in North Central, which is the District 2. Um, so that's been really exciting. Um, been working with some other farmers and uh, flower growers and things like that. Um, really collaborating on that space. So that's been like really, really exciting. Um, I do a lot of work with Collective Effort, which is a media marketing company slash co-working space that's Slack owned. So I do a lot of like the events. We're planning a, a couple of summer events and like fall events. So it's real exciting to kind of get into like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you mind talking a little bit more about Collective Effort? I know um, Patrick Harris. Um, and so I've kind of like learned about it in the early progress and seeing it mm -hmm. grow. So I'd love to learn how you're involved and how it's grown since then. Absolutely. So I'm the uh, community, community outreach manager. That's my position at um, Collective Effort. And so I do a lot of like, um, like event planning, uh, membership development, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we really like have kind of grown since like really opening. I think it was like opening night was like February of 2020 or something like that. I just remember like it happened and then like a couple weeks later we had to like shut down everything and so that was like kind of disappointing but it's been like this really great space where a lot of different like content creators and um you know professionals and media marketing um freelancers can kind of come together and work um it's been like a really great space for like events and like bringing especially like the black and queer community together to like just have space um and we're right now we're in 415 River Street on floor four. Um, I've been giving a lot of tours and stuff and like signing people up for memberships. And we're opening up a second uh, space um, 
closer to the heart of downtown, um, Kickback Studios, that's gonna be a bit more focused on uh, just like helping folks create content for more like advanced like photographers and things like that. So that's like super exciting. We don't really have an open date yet, but it, it'll like be coming together very soon. Um, this spring I did a, um, the certified music retreat. So we had a bunch of artists from the 5.8 come together uh, put together some songs and tracks and we filmed a documentary and some behind the scenes footage. Um, so that is still in the works, but it was like a really fun and exciting event. It was like our pilot retreat. And so I'm really excited to hopefully do more of those, hopefully have more collaborative experiences and just like really facilitate artists really coming into their own and really developing their brand and like their business and all of that in a way that really showcases the diversity of the region, you know? Absolutely. Where can people find Collective Effort or follow them? Yeah, so we're on Instagram and we are on Facebook. Those are like the two primary places to find us. And it's just Collective Effort. Uh, the E in Collective and Effort are shared. So it's oh, sometimes okay. a little hard to spell, but I can send you the links and everything. Great. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes too. So Awesome. Great. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then so my other question, oh, so uh, where can people follow you specifically? Yeah, so I'm Kiani for Troy. Um, so number four instead of like the whole word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're on Instagram primarily. We post a lot on Instagram. We're on Facebook too and, and Twitter, but most of our content is on Instagram. So I'd recommend cool. there for sure. Cool. So if somebody wanted to get more involved in local politics or um, in their local community, what would you recommend? Yeah, I would. Um, there's a lot of different like, organizations that are doing political work. So, you know, if there's like a local DSA chapter or any other like leftist group, I know RPI Sunrise is like super awesome and cool. Um, You could get involved in some of your, some of your like, there there are like party um, organizations like the Democratic Committee or the Working Families Committee. Like those are um, really great organizations that are working on, you know, changing the way that things are operating. yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, you can run for elected office. I, I don't know if I would recommend like folks to just jump into that. Uh, it's a lot. Um, and even like with my experience of organizing, it's a very different kind of structure. Um, and you can also even just like work for a municipality. I think you would learn a whole lot about how that works for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even volunteering for, you know, someone that you're passionate about. Absolutely. Yeah, and for sure. How, that would be like a really, I, I know a lot of need that for sure. Cool. And so for someone who also wants to like kind of just build more of a queer community where they live, even if they don't live in Troy or the capital region, um, what are some ways that they can do that based on your experience? Yeah, I think just, you know, reaching out to your friends and like talking to them about that, those experiences. Um, you can go to different like events and things like that. Um, if you have like a local like organization that does like like have has like a queer fo- focus, I know that there used to be like a like queer um, like theater group out here. I know like some of the local politicians know each other through that. Um, yeah, and and I mean, I'll, I'll also say like roller derby is like very queer. <laughs> uh, so if you ever want to join, like I know that from experience uh, joining the team, like I was just like, oh, like that's really cool. <laughs> Uh, when I joined the team, it was just like a bunch of 
queer folks just friend requesting me on Facebook and it was like a very like oh this is really cool oh so um, you were so roller derby I didn't know that I joined at the beginning of 2020 and then the pandemic happened and then I never really um went to another practice after that <laughs> um but I still go to like uh Rollerama has some really fun uh events skating mm-hmm. events like I know there was like a 70s night where there was like a whole bunch of like trans and queer folks there so like that's even like a really easy way to meet other queer folks as well. It's funny, Keani, because um, in a previous episode, I was asking one of the guests, like, how, um, if you feel like you're queer and you're unsure, what's one way that you can explore that? And like, we were talking, like, just join roller derby. I mean, honestly, though. No. <laughs> that will answer the question for you. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and what about if someone is exploring their gender identity? Um, do you have any other suggestions other than the book that you mentioned and um, other things you mentioned previously? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what really helps guide me. I think talking to other like questioning folks and folks who um, are uh, gender non-conforming, I feel like I've, I must have read some like scenes and stuff like that that were like a little bit different, um, like focused on gender and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to have some more resources, but they're not coming to my brain right now. But like just oh, nice. like just like listening to like queer artists like Janelle Monet can be like really like validating in a way you know I love Janelle Monae yes oh and then like there's also like this concept of like gender doula thing so like finding like a gender doula may help you kind of just understand your own relationship to gender and how that can like kind of change and evolve um yeah I know a friend I think they're out west now who does that like professionally which is really cool I've never heard of that I'm gonna have to research it Yes. Yeah. I I know very little about it. I see like what they post on Instagram and I'm like, oh, that's really interesting and cool. Like I should sign up for a course. And then I always forget to. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you've got a lot going on. You've got your, got your hands full. (laughs) That's that's typically how I live my life. (laughs) Same. I hear you. I decided to start a podcast and I have no time. So (laughs) it is what it is, but, um, but thank you so much, Kiani. Um, I don't know. I think I ran out of all my questions, but thank you so much for everything you do for Troy and the community and for meeting with me today. It's been so fun talking to you. And uh, yeah, we'll have to connect again soon because absolutely, I'd love to come back on the show, you know, maybe yeah. or something. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for including me in this. I really hope that conversation inspired you to get into politics in some way, whether that's running for a position that you're passionate about or supporting someone who is running for a position that you're passionate about. Local politics is so important and has such a big impact directly on you and your community. And the biggest thing you can always do is to vote. Um, I'll include some resources on where you can find your local ballot, all of that jazz, because again, it's so important that you register to vote and get your voice out there. Okay, so something new that I want to try, um, I actually got some listener questions from Reddit, from the bisexual subreddit, and I figured I'd answer them on the podcast. So the two questions were how to find guys like me and how to date as a bi 16 year old. So I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, I am definitely not 16 um, and I'm not a man. I am a 30 year old cis white woman. And um, so I'm going to do my best to answer these. But um, first going to how to find guys like me. Um, This is definitely a challenging one to answer because it really depends on where you live, how old you are. Um, There's a lot of different factors that goes into it. Um, If you're a little bit older, I would say a really good 
good way to meet people like you is to go on dating apps. As much as I hate giving that um, example, I do love dating apps for finding people who are queer. The reason being is because you have it set to finding other queer people. You can um, put on your actual dating profile, whether you're bi, pan, or queer, um, or gay, or lesbian. So it makes it easier to find people who have the same sexuality as you. I think one of the better answers to that is also going to be going out in your community and finding groups that are very similar to you. So that could be joining a club, it could be joining theater. What I did is I started my own queer community by starting a podcast. Um, You can start a community on Reddit. There's many ways that you can find similar people like you, but you have to like go out and meet people and actually put yourself out there and think about activities that you like doing um, that you would want to join and likely there'll be some other people that are similar like you. Um, And plus the other thing is the more queer people you meet, even if it's not someone who you particularly want to date, you'll likely meet other queer people through them. So I think that's a really good way to do it. And then so the second question, I'm going to read this aloud. How to date as a bi? 16 year old this is a pretty broad question but i have never been in a relationship and i'm thinking i might want to start looking for someone to date but if it isn't obvious i have literally no idea how to do that especially how to find another bi or gay guy that would want to be in a relationship so again i am not 16 and i'm not going to necessarily advise that you go on dating apps i think as a 16 year old that can be super dangerous and i wouldn't want you to put yourself in any harmful situations but very similar to how i answered the last question you're in a really good opportunity to put yourself out there and meet new people by joining different groups so whether you know there's a chess club or debate club or um theater i mean there's a lot of queer people in theater Going to different, you know, festivals and activities that are surrounded by those specific interests will help you meet other people who not only have shared interests but are queer, I think will really help you in the dating world. So I I think the more people that you meet that have similar interests, the easier it will be. The biggest thing is that you want to make sure that you're um, in a safe place and if you don't feel safe, then to remove yourself from that. Dating can be very hard as a young person. I remember when I was a teenager, I just met people through school. I went to a very, very small school. So um, it was really challenging uh, to to meet other people. I was just, you know, dating the same people that I've known since I was in kindergarten. And a lot of those people when I were in school were not out if they were queer. I mean, I didn't come out until far later than that. So it might be hard to meet openly out people, but I think now more younger people are being true to themselves and being more vocal about being queer, which is awesome. I hope that I answered these questions okay. Um, Please keep them coming. I will keep sourcing them from Reddit. If you want to reach out to me directly, my email is bisexualbehaviorpod at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram, but I'm really happy to get some questions and I really hope that was helpful. One thing that I'm really trying to work on is getting more um, more men, bisexual men, queer men to uh, speak on behalf of queer dating from the male's perspective because, again, I'm a woman. That's all I can really speak to. So thank you again for listening to this awesome episode and for supporting the podcast and listening to all the episodes we had before. It's just been such a blast being able to give you content like this. So I hope you have a great two weeks and we'll see you next time. Okay, bye.